Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. All right. I uh, it seems a little funny to say bonjour sometimes when uh, we are uh, with a guest here as we are today. I will introduce her in just a moment. And uh, I, I'm so grateful for everything, everything, everything right now. My heart is just overflowing with gratitude. So it is absolutely the very perfect time for us to come together, transcending time and space to recognize that we are the dreamers of the dream and that we can shift the dream midstream. So uh, let's begin as we always do with a prayer. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and to join me here. We're taking a breath of love and gratitude, our most basic spiritual practice. Gratitude lifts our vibration. Love opens our heart to the truth that sets us free. We are grateful, we are thankful to open ourselves to infinite intelligence leading us and guiding us. We are grateful and thankful to dedicate ourselves to being truly helpful, to remembering that we have been sent. We're on a mission. We're grateful to represent that higher Holy Spirit self and to live the love, to walk the talk in such a way that everyone around us is uplifted and inspired. We are choosing to know peace, to live peace, to be the peace that we'd like to see in the world. Everything is for us. Nothing is against us. And we are grateful, grateful, grateful. And I, I bless my sweet guest and friend, Karen J. Gardner, who is here to uplift us and inspire us just by being herself. Isn't that wonderful? We are grateful and thankful to receive her words of wisdom and to know that all is well. In gratitude, we share the benefits with every brother, every sister, every being, because we are united in this field of love and we are the field of love. No separation, only unity. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. And let me jump right in as quick as I can here to introduce my my dear friend, Kieran J. Gardner, we've been friends for a few years now. She first was on this podcast in 2019, uh, pre-pandemic, as we begin to think of life now. <laughs> we're pre, we're, 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 um, we're current pandemic, looking forward to post-pandemic. Uh, but uh, Kieran Jay did a couple of episodes with me in 2019. I encourage you to go back and listen to those. They're very valuable, even though we had a lot of tech trouble in the first one. Uh, still, it was worth listening to for sure. And I uh, would like to say that Kieran Jay Gardner is a, I, I think of you, Kieran Jay, as a Master Course in Miracles teacher which is why I feel so connected with you. 
as I've said before, I first heard you speak in 2019 when I was at the Course of Miracles conference in the UK. You and you and the, the crew there invited me to be one of the speakers, which was just wonderful, really wonderful. I, I love every opportunity I have to be with the group there in the UK. And I, uh, I was so impressed by you. I just fell in love with you in that experience of being with you over those few days. And I'm so glad that we've been able to uh, cultivate this friendship on Zoom. <laughs> and uh, you have been a regular committed contributor to our Sundays with Spirit as well. And so if anybody can't get enough Kieran J. Gardner, I, I can tell you to go to the Sundays with Spirit archive, which is totally free. You just have to register so we can send you the details in our member site. But you can go there and look uh, and easily find her there uh, giving a number of talks. And uh, she also has uh, several classes coming up this year. And so you'll You'll get information about those uh, today and more. And um, uh, what, what I can tell you about Karen J. Gardner is uh, not just as a master teacher, but she also does the most beautiful work one-on-one -on -one with people. And we at the Power of Love Ministry have hosted her for a number of classes and programs now. And everybody just is head over heels and really inspired and uplifted, life-changing work that Kieran Jay is doing with folks. And so you can connect with her uh, to do private workshops, to do retreats, to do counseling. I just like you to let you know that upfront. She's very accessible. You know, some Course in Miracles teachers are much less accessible, but not Kieran Jay. So, um, so, our, our topic today is about the lucid dream, but before I we get into that topic, I'd like to ask you about the origin of your name because it's a little unique and it's a small K and a capital J and many people think your name is Karen and somehow I've mispronounced it when I introduce you, but it's Karen J. Can, can you tell us how you came to that? Hello, Jennifer. Yes, um, with pleasure, I can do that. I'm just saying it's so lovely to be here with you. Um, so beautiful to join in this holy sharing together. Wonderful. So my name, yes, it's not uh, usual. Uh, it's one of the first things people say to me when they meet me. Oh, where did that name come from? Uh, it doesn't sound English and, and things like that. So it came in meditation during a month-long retreat with Jesus early in my Course in Miracles days. I just felt inspired to have this month-long retreat, a uh, private one with Jesus, uh, going into very deep, deep states of connection. And in one of these sessions, sort of a lunchtime session, um, I got this really clear knowing. It wasn't like a voice, but it was a knowing that Kieran Jay is now my name. 
and it, it came as a visual as well as a knowing. I saw it written and it was written with a little K and a capital J at the end, which is why I respect that form, although it's not the normal form for a name. And there was an understanding of why it was written like that. Um, the general sense was this is the right resonance for you now. Your, your old birth name is no longer the right resonance. And it's written with a little K at the beginning to symbolize the small self, the individual self. And there's a capital J at the end uh, for Jesus, J for Jesus, symbolizing the true self, the big self, and Jesus being a representation of that. So my name is a picture, a symbol of the little self opening up to the big self. And my sense was that this was given to me as acknowledgement of my commitment to follow Jesus. So it was a no brainer. It was like, right, I wasn't looking for a new name, but there we go. That was then my name. And it felt right instantly. And I looked up Kieran, uh, Wikipedia. I thought, I wonder what Kieran, because it's got no resemblance to my birth name. Oh, what's that about? <laughs> and in Wikipedia, the only thing they could offer for Kieran was a small town in Iowa. So at some stage, I've got to go and visit <laughs> this small town in Iowa and see what's there. Um, but I think it's the sound of it. I think it's, it's just the sound of it that is appropriate for what I'm doing now. And I take all versions. People write it in different ways. They say it in different ways. And that's fine because it is an unusual uh, form. But I just keep going with the way that it was given to me. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I... Uh, I, I... I suspected it was something like that, and it's it's really lovely to know. And I think one of the things that's so beautiful about it too, Karen Jay, is uh, you got this guidance. It um, was a bit strange, but you said, "Okay, I'll do that." And you know, one of the things I think my last week episode was about intuition and intuition, inspiration, following guidance, that kind of thing. And so many people don't follow their guidance. And what I've learned is if we don't follow the guidance in the strange, odd little things that don't make any sense, then how can we expect to be able to say, right, uh, like I think of Regina Dawn Akers, my friend, she was um, living in, oh, I want to say southeast somewhere. I can't remember what state now. And and she got this message very strong. Move to Colorado. Quit your high paying, lucrative executive VP job and move to Colorado and wait for instructions. Take your daughter, single mother, leave your you know, executive job with making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and go, um. right? And she told me that for a year, it, she, many times a month, she would crawl into bed and pull the covers over her head, fully clothed, because the thought of it was so scary to her. 
to do but she ultimately she did do that obviously and she's so glad she did so if we're not open to the little guidance that says call nancy now how, how will we you know be open to things that uh literally change our entire life in the direction we would most like to go but I don't want to get us too far off the topic. I just, uh, it's one of the things I really appreciate you and why we're friends is that you also have this commitment to following the guidance, even when it feels uncomfortable or it doesn't make sense. And we have talked about that before. Uh, I think we talked about it in the podcast last year. We talked mm -hmm. some about following the guidance. So um, this time you, ha you have the class coming up about be, becoming a lucid dreamer and uh, I there's so much to say about the dream lucid dreaming so what let's define some terms here Course in Miracles mm -hmm. tells us merrily 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 life is but a dream and uh, what do you mean by lucid dreaming mm, thank you Jennifer yeah so the term was first coined by an Austrian author and psychiatrist in an article, The Study of Dreams, in 1913. So that's its uh, vintage, if you like, the, that term. And it's come into common understanding, common usage. I think most people would have some sense of lucid dreaming. But of course, they'd apply it to, generally, the, the nighttime dreams um, and people can practice and learn and get quite good at if they want to being aware of the fact they're dreaming at night um, while still having the dream they're still experiencing the dream but there's a knowing I'm lying down here in bed and I'm dreaming and this, of course, will be wonderful work for the power of the mind and opening to new possibilities. And although the course doesn't use the term lucid, it is all about coming to know that we are dreaming this dream of the world. So I think it's a lovely side switch to use lucid dreaming for what the course is talking about it does indeed say this world is a dream and just like our nighttime dreams seem very vivid very real when we're having them we're not aware we're dreaming we wake up and think oh that was also real but now of course i know it's not real it was just a dream and the course is saying that our waking experiences our daytime experiences our daily lives are only a dream and we are asleep in this dream, thinking it's real, just like we're asleep at night, thinking the dreams are real when we dream them then. And it says our waking dreams and our nighttime dreams are the same. They serve the same purpose of rejecting truth, of denying our true identity. And because they are a rejection, of truth and a rejection of God, no matter how much we try and bring him into the dream, there's still a rejection of God, then we will feel guilty. We will feel traumatized by trying to be something that we're not. 
And so our dreams will be this chaotic, often very chaotic mixture of things that seem to be lovely and seem to be awful. They are a mixture of our wish to be a separate individual with control, with power, with decision-making capacity for our personal lives. And that seems very attractive. And with it comes the horrendous guilt of rejecting truth. And guilt demands punishment. So the dream is going to be full of uncomfortable things, horrific things, because we can't dream without the cost of rejecting God. Mm. So to become a lucid dreamer means to become aware of all this, not just intellectually, although that's a brilliant start, to even open our minds to this possibility is fantastic. And then if we study the course, if that's what we're drawn to do, we can have an experience of felt knowing that, oh my goodness, this is just a dream. And we still see bodies. We still think we're a body or we feel like we're a body. We go about and go to work and have families and friends and hobbies and activities and work. That all seems to be happening. But in our mind, we have a knowing this really is a dream. And so the guilt goes. We can't become a lucid dreamer without opening our minds to the Holy Spirit or whatever term we'd like to give our link with, with God. So we are following guidance. We are opening to the truth. And the guilt starts going. And that means we won't be projecting it so much into this dream experience. So it'll become easier our relationships get uh, more peaceful. We feel more satisfied. Not because the dream is real. That's not the happy dream. Having happy things for the sake of happy things in the dream. It is the knowing it is a dream that makes it a happy dream. And the happiness of joining with spirit can, of course, be reflected into our experience. But the minute we think, oh, this is great, it's real, I am this person, boom, that comes the guilt and uh, trouble starts all over again. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to say as uh, an overall understanding of lucid dreaming. Now, I think we all get different experiences that are kind of like Neo's experience in the Matrix, where he first meets Morpheus and Morpheus offers him the blue pill or the red pill. And he sees the cat, he sees the cat kind of go back and forth in the mirror and it's a glitch. And that's when he realizes, oh, something else is occurring here. I've never seen a glitch like that before. Um, and, uh, so he started, he's, his mind is starting to go, wait, something unusual is happening here. And, uh, we have these experiences our whole life, 
don't I, I, I think so. I certainly I, I I I remember as a child having a lot of deja vu experiences. Uh, and I used to have deja vu experiences so frequently. I, I don't have them anymore. I really don't have, very rarely do I have them anymore. And um, those experiences would often make me wonder, what, what is this experience? Uh, it felt so surreal to me a lot of the time when I was younger. I think I've just gotten used to it now. That, that it is surreal. And uh, so what were the experiences that you had that sort of peeled back the edge so you could see, oh, this is, this is a fabrication. There's something real behind this, beyond this. What were mm. those first edges for you? Mm. Significant ones. Hmm. Two, two come to mind to despair. One is the, the experience of Jesus' presence, which is so, so not of this world. <laughs> it just isn't. Um, that tells me, aha, this does not belong. And I felt Jesus' presence uh, before A Course in Miracles. And then, of course, reading A Course in Miracles and studying it, it comes through even more strongly. That tells me, aha. There's something else going on here, apart from what my eyes see and my ears hear, my senses tell me. And then a specific instance, um, which was quite uh, dramatic and uh, completely uh, sold me on the idea, this is a dream. Very early in studying the course, I was sitting at a table one day with the book, reading it, and there was a wall in front of me. And I don't remember what I was reading, but I was just reading, and I looked up, and the whole wall shifted sideways and revealed light. It's just like a curtain or something just subsiding to the right, it went. This warmth, no more wall, but brilliant light. Mm. And it only lasted a few seconds. I was so amazed. <laughs> oh, what's going on? And then it was back again. But it was long enough and I was um, awake enough, aware enough to know that was a glimpse beyond the veil. And nothing can take that away from me. I haven't had an experience like that since, although the Course says that you may have many light episodes as we, as we go along. But that was enough for me. Beginner's mind, you know, just open, open, open. I was so opening to the Course and not really aware yet of where it was leading. Mm -hmm. Like the, the ramifications, the implications of this amazing, beautiful, spiritual work um, yes I was beginning to hear the world isn't real but oh my goodness I had no idea of the journey in front of me so maybe that allowed this opening and this seeing and it leads me on it just tells me mm -hmm. I know that this is a dream and and day to day now 
it's it's just Legoland, you know. It's it's so obvious. I don't know if you had Lego in in the states, but it's like uh, building bricks, um, children's building bricks. It's uh, or a theme park. It's like this very bizarre theme park. We actually have Legoland theme parks here. Yeah. Okay. With my nephews, yes. Yeah, that's really how it is. So the 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 course says our eyes will always see bodies. Um, you know, it'll pick up the the physicality because that's what senses were made to pick up. Right. Our projections. So it's this amazing feedback loop. We project the world, and then our senses report um, the projections and say yes. It's real. And we go, oh, yes, my eyes see it. It must be real. My ears hear it. It must be real. But we can go beyond that in opening up to spirit, choosing, desiring is everything. Desiring to know the truth will bring more and more experiences of truth. And then we get to see, yeah, yeah, I'm not fooled anymore or rarely. And we can tell by our reaction. If we react, we still think it's real. That That's such a good thing to know. If we are reacting, we still think it's real. And uh, I find myself reacting every day, every day. And, uh, oh, we're doing a deep dive here and it is uh, time for me to move to a break here. We'll be coming back with more of Karen J. Gardner and the opening up to the full realization that we're in a, a dream experience and we can shift so that it goes from being a nightmare to really a peaceful dream, a happy dream. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're walking the talk. We're living the love. And I'll be right back with Kieran J. Gardner. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for coming back, joining me and Karen J. Gardner. We're talking about how to become a lucid dreamer in this human experience of dreaming a dream of separation. And uh, gosh, this is such a great topic. I, uh, I'm i going to ask you to tell us about your class that's coming up uh, later in this broadcast. But um, so when you had that experience of the wall rolling back, I think we get experiences like this. I, I've had these kinds of experiences too, where it, it does shift everything for you. Uh, from then on, it really does. It it uh, not that you don't fall back, but it's not the same. You're not quite. You're. It's like um, Alice Alice in Wonderland, but now you have a new sense of the lay of the land. You have a. Uh, you're recalibrated in some way, and many people feel like they're not having those experiences, and it's like eh, I'm not having those experiences. And they feel 
like there's something wrong with them, that it can't happen for them. What would you say to someone who's feeling like, uh, see, Karen J is special. She can have that. <laughs> she can have, what would you say to someone who would like to have the, the peeling back experience so they can be changed in their mind? Thank you. It's a, it's a lovely question. And I hope what I say might be helpful. Um, I go back to something I said earlier, that it's in our desire that lies the accomplishment. So I wasn't casually sitting at the table with A Course in Miracles. I was on fire <laughs> with the presence of Jesus and the huge knowing that I wanted to open to this. It was deep, 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 deep desire, not for a light episode, but um, to know the truth, to join with Jesus. Right from the beginning, my practice was um, joining minds with Jesus, because he says in the course, uh, joining minds with me is a way of transcending the ego. And I thought, okay, done deal. I'm going for that. So it happened in the context of that very deep desire. And the, the wall going sideways and the blazing light um, is actually only a tiny part of the whole process. And maybe I can talk about something more current and just what is required for us to experience ourselves as lucid dreamers. And I hope that uh, might give an indication if somebody's saying, I want to know I'm a lucid dreamer, just what forgiveness practice it involves. Mm. So I'll, I'll talk about being a grandmother or seemingly being a grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> so in this dream, I have a 16-month-old grandson. And it's all very lovely, lovely, lovely. He's lovely. Our relationship's lovely. Uh, I only live 20 minutes up the road from them, from the family. So I see lots of them. I'm factored into the childcare. Now, it would be very tempting to think, oh, how fortunate, how happy that is, how wonderful. You have this great relationship with your grandson. You're very close in proximity. I was in the bubble during the lockdown. I could continue seeing them. It's an opportunity for me to love him, him to love me, for the family to be close. Oh, isn't it all lovely? And that is such a trap because that is not how it is. And of course, I have felt the seduction of it, the temptation of it, the being sucked into it. And it's fabulous healing. So first to say why that is a trap and then how to work with it might be helpful. Um, and, and the same would go for any lovely special relationship, in quotes, because it is a special relationship, which is the ego's most boasted gift, the Course says. I'm a special nana, 
and you're a special Ned. And we have this special, lovely relationship. But it's special. It's not real. With that way of seeing, I'm special Nana, you're special Ned. I am denying my true identity as a child of God. I'm denying my brother's true identity as a child of God, who is appearing as Ned. I'm denying the identity of my other family members. I am rejecting God. Every illusion is an attack on reality and does violence to the idea of love. Now, this is what's required. This looking, this opening is what's required to be a lucid dreamer and come out of the dream. Uh, eventually, lucid dreaming is on the way to coming out of the dream altogether. So tempting to stay with how lovely the appearance seems, but it really isn't helpful. With it will come guilt. With it will come the desire for punishment. With it will come replays of other special relationships. So in my case, in this um, uh, family situation, I've been replaying rejection because that's been a big theme in this mind. I've rejected God and I'm playing it out as Kiranje in the world, much, much less than I used to. However, in this classroom, I still get to see rejection and the ego will jump on anything that's going on in our dream experience to point to pain, to point to difficulty. So I see my family three times one week and then maybe only two times the next week. And I get all the thinking of, see, I've done something wrong. It's all going to end in tears. They've rejected me. I've done something terrible. Blah, de blah, de blah comes into the mind. There's no peace there. There's no rest there. And because uh, in ego thinking, when I see it as real, they are a threat. Yes, they're lovely today, but they could reject me tomorrow. Because there's that threat there, there's an underlying anger. And that comes into the relationship. It's unavoidable when it's seen as real. Other things that have come into this uh, situation as I'm working my way through the specialness and, and fully seeing it as a dream, there's fear and control issues around, will they look after Ned properly? Will they give him enough calcium? Will they send him to the right nursery? <laughs> will, will they give him, oh, too much medication? You name it, the thoughts can come in. Mm -hmm. So that has to be looked at and it will, it will be like a bee buzzing when we want this dream to be real. The ego thoughts will be like a bee buzzing that will not be peaceful. And the other strand of this particular learning situation for me is uh, special comfort. Uh, my son and son-in-law are very comfortable financially. You know, they're not mega rich, but they're very comfortable. 
They have lots of holidays. They uh, have lots of meals out. They don't have to think about, can I afford? No, if they need something, they get it. And I've had a very different experience in my dream. I've been very uh, attracted to and attached to poverty. Again, different from how it used to be. But this alerts all the remnants of the dream thinking that, oh, it would be lovely to have more money. More money would be the answer. More comfort. If only I could go to a hotel overnight. If only I could have that fabulous uh, five-course meal. All this thinking keeps popping in. And it shows me again and again and again. There's no winning in this um, experience of separation. Doesn't matter how lovely it looks, there will be the difficult thinking and there will be the difficult experiences that come with it. But if I choose, as I have been doing, to see this as a way of knowing more even clearly that I'm dreaming, Mm. then the whole purpose of my relationship has changed. It's not to have a lovely experience as Kieran Jay. It's to remember I'm not Kieran Jay. Mm. This isn't happening. My son isn't my son. My son-in-law isn't my son-in-law. My grandson isn't my grandson. These are all dream figures. And where the real connection comes, the real happiness comes, is knowing that more clearly and choosing to join at the mind level with my brothers, knowing they couldn't possibly reject me. There's no need to be concerned. We don't need to be well looked after. We're children of God. There's no special comfort. It's knowing that we are all one as brothers. This is the abundance. This is the delight. And then it can get reflected in our experience. So as I choose this way of seeing, it gets much, much easier in the day-to-day -day dream experience. Yeah. So your example is so right on because obviously Folks who uh, would listen to us, uh, their parents, their grandparents, and uh, even if they're like me, I'm not a parent or a grandparent, and uh, I'm single right now in my life, uh, but still I have experiences with special relationships, uh, present and past, and uh doing the work exactly that you are doing and it is so baked into our experience that we would think oh if I had more time with my grandson Ned then I would be happier life would be more loving and more fulfilling 
if if uh, Ned were to get sick, that would ruin my life. That would be, or if or if they moved away, if they moved to another country and took Ned with them, and I couldn't see Ned one, two, three times a week, you know, that would be disaster. I mean, I have counseled people that all these experiences: their child dies, their 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 pet dies, uh, their spouse dies. You know, there's life is filled with these experiences. And the temptation is so strong to try to manage and control things, to try it, to, to think, well, if this were different, then I'd be happy. And so what I appreciate so much that you're sharing here is that we really can go for what I think of as uh, unconditional joy. I think of happiness as being circumstantial. Like I always say, I'm so happy the food's here, you know, <laughs> like, okay, the food's here, you know, <laughs> the, the delivery's here. I, where I live, there are no deliveries, but, <laughs> but back in the day, right? Oh, I'm so happy they have the chips I like, you know, oh, I'm so happy, you know, the movie's at the time I want to go. Um, and, and we think that, you know, so these are the things that make us happy. But joy, joy is a constant state. It's unconditional. And, and we can live in that joyful state. And, and just because we have temporary annoyances, as you and I do every day, every day there's like, oh, my God, are you kidding? I forgot. Oh, you know, we have these moments like, wait, what? It, it just, whatever it might be, small things, it could be, any little thing that triggers our annoyance, right? But we don't then, to me, the great thing is now, it's very rare for me to then try to start managing the situation and coping with it to get it to be where I can be back in the happy dream. Instead, if there's a, a frustration, annoyance, and upset, whether it's minor or big, I can step back from that moment right there and say, wait a minute, I'm the dreamer of the dream. What, so when you do that, because I know you do the same kind of thing, what, what is your practice exactly? It is, it is the clear statement to myself that I've made this, and I've made it because I've desired it. Mm. I have valued every experience that I'm having. And this seems to me to be a turbocharge to our healing process. Not only I've made it, it's my dream, but I'm dreaming it because the mind, I'm not talking about at the Kieran J level necessarily, very often not, but the, the mind level it's being dreamt because the mind believes this is a really good thing to happen and experience. Now, that goes for the entire range of experience. And not differentiating with, oh, that's a, that's a nice experience. So of course, I made that. You know, of course, I want that. But how could I possibly have wanted my spouse to die? for instance, right. in, in a loving, close relationship. How could I have wanted uh, him or her to die? But the way through to being a lucid dreamer is to be open to be shown by spirit 
that exactly the mind desired that. Not responsible at the personal level. We don't have to go into guilt and, oh my goodness, I made him or her die. It's not at that level that we're talking about. And it's so important to get the levels clear. But at the mind level, we are choosing every experience we have, regardless of what the person thinks about it. Now, this can be tough opening. <laughs> um, and we have all power to do that opening. That's right. We have all power to say to spirit, you show me. I am prepared to look beyond the personal perspective that hates this, that is grief-stricken by this, That's that right. is terrified by this, and go back to the mind and say, that was the mind's decision because the mind thinks it's a good option. It thinks it's safety. It thinks it's valuable. And this is where the change needs to happen. As you say, we can't go around willy-nilly trying to uh, change circumstances. We can, and sometimes we can seem to have some success, but we're only tinkering with effects. We're not really doing anything to change where the experience is coming from. So we have to go back and, and uh, see. And once we do see, yes, I'm making it because I want it. I want to hurt. I want punishment. I want grief. I want conflict at the mind level. Once we can open to that and know why, because a decision to be separate from God brings enormous, gigantic trauma, too much to hold in the mind until we've found the Holy Spirit and, and done a lot of healing work. So we try and push it out of the mind and we put it in circumstances in our lives, in our dream. We say, no, not in my mind, unconsciously, put it in the dream. So all the terror, anger, conflict, upset, trauma that comes from deciding to separate from God turns up in our personal experiences and looks like people die, looks like um, wars, Russia and Ukraine. It looks like that. And this is really tough to get to grips with. And this is exactly what my workshop will be about, is supporting others who may be at all stages with their belief, their opening to the world being a dream. Wherever people are, they're absolutely welcome to this workshop. This isn't about you must believe it. This is supporting us opening up to and knowing that it's a dream. And this brings such peace, such power. Oh, yes. And then we can be effective within this seeming experience. Yes. Then we can be truly helpful. Yes. Which is so joyful.
I'd like to let people know, Kieran Jay, that your workshop is on Saturday, March 12th, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a number of hours, and uh, they can sign up on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. It's called It's All a Dream, How to Be a Lucid Dreamer with Kieran Jay, and this is the thing that I hear from people about your classes, that they f feel like they have breakthroughs in really how to live A Course in Miracles, how to apply it in ways that make sense to them. And that then, of course, uh, makes a, a huge shift in how you feel about things every day. A quick question here. Um, one of the questions I get frequently is, can I explain level confusion? So you're talking about the levels. Can you uh, just give a quick explanation of that? Well, of course, in miracles, yes, very. this is a very brief uh, thing, go at it. Course in Miracles works basically on two levels, we can say that. It's teaching us, pointing, pointing to the truth. God is and nothing else is. We're spirit. This world has never been. Separation never occurred. Absolute truths. And we need to know these because we need our sat-nav. We need our guidance as to what we're opening up to. However, this is so far removed from our everyday experience. It will be no good to say God is and nothing else is. There you go. Wake up. <laughs> We'd be completely adrift. So it also works at the level where we seem to be in a world as a person with all our experiences. And it goes backwards and forwards between these two levels, helping untie the knots in our mind. And we need both levels to become a lucid dreamer. But we get confused about which level the course is talking to us um, uh, through at any particular time. And we can say things like, oh, the world doesn't matter. I can just leave it all behind because only God is. But that's a misunderstanding. We need to look at the level here and say, work within our forgiveness classrooms. This is the day by day, bit by bit, reprogramming of our minds, mind training, healing of our misunderstandings and misperceptions of what's going on. So we need both. Um, and I'm very happen, happy to work with people one-to-one -one if they want more uh, work on that. And I'm always as clear as I can be in uh, an event, in a class, as to what level we're talking about. And um, I hope that brings clarity. Yes, great. Uh, very, very helpful. And I, I, I do think it's just helpful for everyone to know that we're on this journey, and if we're experiencing pain and difficulty, it does not mean that we're failing. It, no. it, what it does mean is that we are waking up. We are waking up and falling back to sleep and waking up and falling back to sleep. And the practice of non-judgment is the only thing that's going to get us out of uh, the attachment to trying to manage and change things in mm -hmm. the world. Well, obviously, we, we could have a lot more to say. I'm going to have you back again soon, Kieran Jay. It's always a pleasure mm -hmm. to, to be with you. And uh, I encourage everyone to sign up for this 
workshop with Kieran Jay because it will be a very personal, very experiential thing. This is the beauty of Kieran Jay's work. It's why we're so simpatico as friends. We we really uh, know mm -hmm. the value of moving out of just listening and talking, mm -hmm. but really experiencing. And that's when the miraculous healing can happen. Oh my gosh, we're about out of time here. And I just like to say to everyone here, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for your donations and your love and support. And all the all the details for all my programs are at jenniferhadley.com. And you can go to the events page and always see what's coming up there. So I am going to invite you to place your hand on your heart. And let's say another quick prayer here. We're grateful, we're thankful that we're waking up, that we have the perfect guide who is always available 24-7. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mm, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I love you too.